My name is Doug Abrams, and I'm a co-founder and executive director of Casa de Mariposa. Welcome, friends, and thanks for tuning in to Mission Chats. My name is Steve, and I'm one of the pastors at First Baptist Church of West Albuquerque. And on this episode of this limited series podcast, I'm joined by Doug Abrams. He's a founder and executive director of Casa de Mariposa. Casa de Mariposa's mission is to minister the love of Jesus Christ to women experiencing unintended pregnancy in the Albuquerque metro area by providing for their physical, emotional, and spiritual needs in a residential setting. Doug, I'm so glad that you have uh, joined us today on on this episode of our Mission Chats podcast. It's uh, really good to sit across the table from you again. We've had uh, a number of conversations over the last uh, months and and really kind of over a couple of years now, and have really enjoyed getting to know you and your wife Rhoda and uh, the ministry over there at Casa de Mariposa. Before we talk more about uh, about the ministry there, I'd I'd love for you to give our listeners a little bit of an inside look into in, into Doug's life. Uh, Doug, how did you become a Christian? When did you come to understand the gospel? Uh, place faith in Jesus. Wow. Well. That is a lifelong story (laughs) that starts with my introduction to God as a child, as a teenager. Uh, My mother introduced my brothers and I to to God in the uh, Baptist denomination. Mm. Um, And as a uh, 14-year-old, I came to believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior Mm. and was baptized in in a Baptist church here in Albuquerque, New Hope Mm. Baptist Church. And um, from then on, I, I knew God and knew Jesus as my Savior, but I really had no concept of what being a disciple of Jesus was mm. uh, or being discipled by another believer or even understanding um, what it looked like to grow up and to become a young man, a God-fearing man. Yeah. And so I, I think as many maybe folks who are Christians today have experienced, I went out into the world and, and just kind of, um, knowing, knowing God was always there for me, that I could pray to God and learning how to pray to God, but not really having that relationship with him mm-hmm. that I didn't necessarily realize I didn't have until my wife and I, my, I was blessed by God to um, have a beautiful wife. Uh, in 1980, she, she and I met and we came together and uh, had three beautiful children who are young adults now and have, who have their own children. So I'm a grandfather. We're grandparents <laughs> now. But in, in that course of that time, um, our, our beautiful marriage broke down and we ended up mm. separated and divorced. Mm. And out of that separation and divorce, I realized that um, through the intervention and intercession of some, some dear friends who had come to know Christ more intimately, that I didn't have this relationship with Christ. Mm. So in August of 2000, my dear friend Gerald invited my oldest son and I and his son to a Promise Keepers event here in Albuquerque at the pit. And at that um, event um, and listening to these godly men talk about God and reading the word and proclaiming the word of God out of the Bible and and the worship that took place that evening, I was convicted. I realized I didn't know this God that I, hmm. I had learned about as a teenager. Hmm. And um, 
and I, that I needed to know him, that I wanted to know him. And so at that event, I answered the altar call to come to Christ, mm. to want to know him, not only as my savior, but now as my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and that was a life changing experience for me. And so since then, 22 years plus later, I'm still pursuing this God in Christ Jesus yeah. that, that yeah. I came to realize I needed. Yeah. 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 Well, a wonderful uh, display of the, the redemptive work of the gospel, uh, the, the Lord using others to, to bring you into a, a full knowledge of himself and uh, and then through that to restore a broken relationship you and you and your wife reconciled so that was the other amazing yeah. thing that happened out of this coming to Christ um, and beginning to learn about him and and his what he what his commands are for us and his word um, he reconciled my wife and I he restored us to yeah. a, a brand new marriage relationship yeah. that also had um, restoration impact on our children and um and so we, our, our theme at our marriage, we were remarried in 2002, mm-hmm. and it was uh, first, uh, Second Corinthians 5, 17 mm-hmm. through 21, that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation, yeah. and the old is past, the new has come, and, and God was reconciling us to himself through his son and not counting our sins against us, yeah. and that uh, we are now his ambassadors That's to right. go out and plead to the world to come back to Christ, right? Because yeah. God made him the sin offering for us that we could in exchange receive his righteousness. Yeah, absolutely. Man, what a beautiful picture of the gospel uh, and its redemptive effect, not just on our souls, but on our relationships and those around us uh, for, for the world to see God glorifying himself in, uh, in the, in the work of salvation that he does in our hearts through faith in Jesus. Um, Doug, you and and Rhoda now are uh, are leading a ministry called Casa de Mariposa, um, but this isn't what you've always done. So uh, you you had a, another career before. This is sort of your your second round of uh, of working now. But um, tell us a little bit about where the vision for Casa de Mariposa came from. Uh, what what's what? Well, tell us a little bit about the ministry. Tell us where your vision for it came from, and and how the Lord put this on your heart and put it all together. Well, you mentioned having a career before. So I I worked, I was fortunate to work for 29 plus years at Sandia National Laboratories Mm -hmm. here in Albuquerque. And my wife um, uh, worked for 30 plus years and is still working as a cosmetologist and a a salon, beauty salon owner here in Albuquerque. And, uh, and so in the time frame from 2000 to 2010, as as uh, the Lord began to take lordship over my life and I began to learn more about Christ and growing in my relationship with the Lord, with God, and um, that my desire was to retire from the career I had at Sandia um, and move into kingdom work, mm. what I called kingdom mm. work, being more invested in every day um, sharing the gospel yeah. and, um, and ministering to people through however means God would give me the opportunity. And so in 2010, I was able to retire from that um, employment mm-hmm. and, um, and the Lord provided for my wife and I the ability to, now that our, we were empty nesting, our kids were on their mm-hmm. own and becoming young adults and taking care of themselves and starting to have their own families. We, um, we didn't have those kinds of, um, um, 
expenses that comes with raising a family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, have disposable income yeah, now. Yeah, it's yeah. just my wife and I, and so and we're we're of um, low maintenance, as we like to say. Yeah. So, um, I I begin to pray for God to give me uh, me direction, a passion for something that I could do to glorify Him, mm. um, and and benefit and bless others, and and out of um, and so over a, a series of events of things that my wife and I. Um, got involved in with our church. Some of it was marriage uh, building, um, and others was just growing in our our, the, our faith. Um, a friend invited my wife and I to fast starting mm-hmm. 2015, and we had never fasted before, so how do we do this? And we acquired a book called The Daniel Fast, written by a lady named Susan Gregory, mm-hmm. and it gives a it outlines what a fast is and how to go about doing a fast that's that emulates Daniel and his companions fast in um, in the book of Daniel so it's a dietary fast it's not a complete abstinence fast and, mm-hmm. and so as we in obedience decided to do this and seek God's will in that time um, I, I kept having some reoccurring thoughts about um, the need to help pregnant women or women mm-hmm. in vulnerable circumstances with children and and it Partly the seed was planted uh, a couple years prior to that when my wife and I experienced a, um, a shelter in South Carolina mm. where they were helping women with children, um, uh, supporting them as they got furthered their education or got employment and, and were able to get on their feet and, and be single parents. And yeah. I had never seen uh, that sort of thing before, and, and that made an impression on me. And at the same time, in the very next month, um, we had a visit from CareNet Pregnancy Center here in Albuquerque at our church, and I didn't know anything about pregnancy care centers at yeah. the time, and yeah. I was intrigued with what they were doing to give uh, young women and men uh, information about how to handle unplanned pregnancies and things like that. Well, those two seeds that were planted in my heart then are in my mind then. I got, I guess it made its way to my heart because in that time of fasting, I said to my wife, I, I believe God wants us to do something to help pregnant women and children in our community. And, um, and our spirits were resonating with each other. And she said, well, let's do that. Let's, mm. let's, let's do something to help pregnant women and children. And, and so uh, when, once we surrendered that idea to the Lord, he just began to open up the doors of of opportunity and and he pieced this whole thing together and in a year from that from that time we had a home and we were opening up to serve pregnant women who needed our help and and so a year later we had our first mom and it just the community of brothers and sisters in christ they rallied around us believing that this is something god had called us to and um, the support just began to come in so many different ways and i can't I can't describe to you all in this interview. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, we could <laughs> yeah. we could probably take multiple hours to talk through, talk through all of that in detail. Um, tell, share with our listeners a little bit about what what exactly Casa de Mariposa is. What's your what's your vision there, and and what does that look like day to day? You're a you you provide housing and support for women experiencing unexpected pregnancy, but color in those lines for us a little bit what does what does that look like so when we started out in trying to understand what it was that it what it looked like to operate a maternity home if you will uh, we had to go on the internet and do some research and Hmm. found other organizations 
um, and one in Phoenix, Arizona called Maggie's Place mm. that uh, we called and told them what was on our hearts and they invited us to come out and learn from them. And so we went and saw what a seasoned maternity home ministry looked like. And they had all the, the things in place, the infrastructure that yeah. a maternity home needed to operate and function and opened up their door and their books to us, if oh, you wow. will, yeah, yeah. to utilize the things they had already had created. Um, one of the ladies said, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, right. Absolutely right. not. So so we adopted some things from from Maggie's place and 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 some of that were were their intake process. How do you interview these young ladies, mm-hmm. uh, and what do you look for in in the and how you determine who maybe to serve and not to serve because uh, that that begins to come into play. Sometimes uh, mm-hmm. these young ladies aren't ready for what you're offering them. Sure, and um, sure, and you're not prepared to be able to address some of their their needs. Um, but we adopted their intake process, house rules, and things like that. And so we begin to, to in, interview moms and invite them into our home. Mm-hmm. And we started out having a 24-7, what we called house mom, who mm-hmm. lived there in mm-hmm. the home. We, we started with a four-bedroom home. And, and really, that's where we wanted to stay because in our heart of hearts, we believed that real ministry effectively would happen in relationships with mm-hmm. these moms. Yeah. So we didn't want to be a shelter that had 10 or 12 beds and, and the women became maybe a number mm-hmm. uh, more than mm-hmm. they were something personal yeah. uh, to us that you develop a relationship. You begin to understand uh, the circumstances and situations that they're coming out of um, and that you can empathize and have compassion for them and then help them to maybe, um, find their way into um, finding solutions for their own, whatever their circumstances are. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. So it was, it was our goal to provide a safe place for these moms to live, um, connect them with resources in the community that would help them with some of their financial, uh, economic things, yeah. um, but also what they needed spiritually um, by going to church with us, mm-hmm. uh, attending Bible studies, having devotionals at the mm-hmm. home, having mm-hmm. volunteers come in and interact yeah. with these moms, um, and uh, and then getting them plugged into social services like uh, or CareNet or mm-hmm. pregnancy mm-hmm. Uh, other pregnancy care centers, yeah. counseling yeah. Uh, that would help them to um, begin to understand and address whatever their their uh, emotional. Um, psychological needs yeah. might be um, and and then just helping them navigate day by day getting to and from their appointments mm-hmm. doctor's appointments medical appointments um, some of the moms that we worked with were dealing with substance abuse yeah and they were okay. in rehabilitation mm-hmm. from from that abuse but that creates a whole nother dynamics of you know helping a mom navigate through that and and to get to a place where she she can have her baby healthy and safely and yeah and then and then and then become and stay sober minded so mm-hmm. um so we so in the home the the moms live there the house mom uh, manages the schedule she understands what all the moms schedules are from day to day week to week okay. we as volunteers come alongside that house mom we now call her a house manager and not a house mom okay we had okay. an incident where one of the moms one of the ladies said well you're not my mom or you're not my dad yeah <laughs> you know at yeah. one point we yeah. used the phrase house parent 
but we we uh, kind of relinquish that to house manager and mm-hmm. she's there to supervise and coordinate and and when when she needs has needs of support transporting moms to different uh, activities, different appointments, then we as volunteers come alongside and support that. I just, I want to plug for our listeners before they, you know, we'll plug it again as we get to the end, the end of our time too. But if you're interested uh, in receiving more information about Casa de Mariposa, you can, uh, you can go to uh, their website at www.casademariposa.org. And Mariposa is spelled M-A-R-I-P-O-S-A, Spanish word for butterfly. Casa de Mariposa means butterfly house. Is there a story? I've, I've always been curious. Is there a story behind the name, Doug? Well, the butterfly um, came concept came out of uh, Romans 12. Okay. And in, in verse 2 where it talks about in, us giving our bodies to God as a living sacrifice for mm. all he has done for us. Mm-hmm. And that's our reasonable form of worship. Yeah. But Be that no longer we, conform to the pattern of this word, but transform. By yes. Renewing every mind, the idea. Of, yes. Yeah, of a, and, of a, and transform in the Greek, the word is metamorpho. Mm-hmm. which is the same word that is used to describe the the transition that happens from going from being a caterpillar to becoming a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. And and so in our hearts of hearts in our vision, we would were wanting to see this happen for the young ladies that yeah. came into Casa's home and interacted with us and all of our yeah. our, our our volunteers yeah. was with that they would begin to experience a transformation. Yeah. What, yeah. So so the idea would be Casa the house would be the cocoon they come into yeah, there you and go. somehow out yeah. of that experience they're this butterfly that now is able to go off on their own and and navigate somewhat in the world and mm-hmm. and hopefully be successful. Yeah. Be, uh, just a beautiful picture in nature that God gives us of of what the gospel, what Christ does in us, you know, yes. turning us into something new, something beautiful that yes. prior to we we may not have ever imagined could be. Yes. Uh, and, and yet, yeah, in Christ, we are new creatures. We are a new creation. Even like you said, from Second Corinthians five, the 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 the. Uh, foundation passage for your your uh, your reconciliation marriage to your wife and and now see that sort of overflowing even now into your ministry. So I, I'm assuming that a number of the the ladies who come to you at, at Casa de Mariposa are probably carrying a lot of they're carrying a lot of weight, emotional weight, spiritual weight. Um, as you all are are ministering to him, one of the ways that you help to to lessen that load or carry that load alongside with them is by providing a safe secure place for them to live, you know, just some having some of those basic necessities in place is helpful to be able to deal with some of the other, the other extra things that come along. So when it comes to those extra things, the trauma in their background, um, uh, other emotional or spiritual hurts that they may be carrying, how, how at Casa de Mariposa are you guys able to come alongside these ladies and really support, serve, minister the gospel of Jesus to them? That is a great question. It's been a journey to learn, and it still is, to learn what it looks like to be a servant of God. Mm. And we, early on in this ministry, I was introduced to a, a book by a gentleman, uh, a, a pastor, author named Warren Wiersbe, mm-hmm. and the book is entitled On Being a Servant of God. Okay. And in that book, Warren Wiersbe talks about the importance of grace and um, and what it looks like to, to serve people in ministry and uh, he coins this definition that ministry happens when God's divine resources meet human needs 
through loving channels to the glory of God. Mm. And he defines us as those loving channels. Well, in, in order to be the, the loving channels that God would have us to be as servants, we have to recognize our own bankruptcy and need for God's grace. Mm. And, and, then, and also that we're not manufacturers of God's grace. We're only distributors. And so um, in coming to terms with some of these things, we begin to learn that, you know, the ladies that we deal with come with, as you said, a lot of baggage, a lot of issues that sometimes makes it difficult to serve them. Um, we need to call upon and rely on the love of, of God more than anything. Mm -hmm. His supernatural love working in and through us to really minister to these ladies in an effective way. And, and, and it's, it's part of God doing his work in and through us as we are called to serve these moms. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it requires love is patient and love is kind. It requires a lot of patience. And oftentimes these ladies, um, will act out and, and, and have behaviors that mm -hmm. uh, if we're not, if we're not grounded in, in, in his love for, for us and for these ladies, we might become reactionary to some of the things that they do as yeah. opposed to um, responding to mm -hmm. these ladies' mm -hmm. needs. And, and response always comes with prayer. And so we have to be very pray, prayed, up, prayed up, as we say, prayerful um, about working with the mobs. And, and, uh, and then one of the things we've, uh, over time, we've, we've gotten is a um, training for our volunteers. It's a comprehensive volunteer training, and, it, and it's focused on understanding toxic stress mm. and trauma and the difference between being trauma traumatized and experiencing trauma mm -hmm. and how being traumatized is a chronic thing that continually affects a lady's behavior okay. her thinking uh, today that she and there's triggers to her acting out mm -hmm. when these things occur and so for us as volunteers um, to begin to understand that that the things that that some of these ladies are experienced or many of them isn't re personal it's something that's going on in their own yeah. background yeah. and psyche that that they need healing from they've been wounded by um begins to help us to to not react to to the ladies but to maybe to be more responsive mm -hmm. and in doing so we can help guide them towards where their where their their healing is for ultimately their healing is in Christ it comes through Christ and yeah. and, and a lot of it is about certainly or most if not all of it forgiveness mm. and find and recognizing the need to forgive yeah. some of our past um, issues and people that have caused hurt and pain mm -hmm. um, but then receiving that same forgiveness from from God for our own um, for our own transgressions yeah. Yeah. if you will and. And so forgiveness is foundational, I think, to this ministry and, of course, mm -hmm. any ministry. But, but uh, to help them um, by sharing the love of Christ with them in very tangible ways, yeah. exposing them to others who um, can have that heart of compassion, who can, can understand where these ladies are, are at. Oftentimes our volunteers, they, they are intimately connected with some of the things yeah, that women yeah. experience in these circumstances. And so all of that coming into play, relying on God to, to orchestrate the details yep. um, with, with those intentions in mind, with those goals and objectives in mind, that, that I guess is how I answer the question, how do we help these mm -hmm. ladies mm -hmm. um, uh, come to, 
terms with some of the things. Yeah. That... A few things I picked up on there is number one is it sounds like patience, a lot of patience and understanding, yes. you know, and, and, um, I'm just thinking of, of James one, uh, let every one of you be, be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Mm-hmm. That's good advice for anyone in every situation, especially, yeah. especially those of us who are ministering to, to people who have a lot of past hurt, pain, trauma, Let's listen. Let's understand where they're coming from. Let's try to, like you said, um, l- learn about what some of those triggers are maybe in their life that are causing them to, to to lash out, to act out in different ways. Let's listen, not just to their words, but let's also kind of listen to their life story and and pick up on patterns there and trust the Lord to to give us ears to hear and, yes. and to be able to, to listen to that. And then, so patience is one. And then, and then you mentioned, yeah, just grace, the, to be able to to extend um, and, and create uh, an environment where maybe it's it's okay if you're not okay, but we're not going to stay that way. You know, we're going to try yeah. to we're going to with God's help and with the presence uh, of Christ in us, the Holy Spirit enabling us, we're going to move forward toward healing and wholeness in Christ. Um, but if you're not okay today, that's okay. That's okay. We're, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna but we're gonna start moving down the road uh, and feeling like you're part of a family now. Yeah, people that genuinely care about you. I I like to to tell every lady that comes into Casa that you coming into our ministry, you're you're not just coming to an organization or a shelter. You're coming mm-hmm. into a family of, of believers in Christ yeah. that want to love on you and care uh, for you and your baby and and want for you the same things that God is has given us Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's our heart's desire is is to see these ladies experience that that grace through god yeah um doug i'm sure that in the in the ministry that you're in there are a lot of challenges we talked about a few of them today especially related to some of the moms that uh that that you're ministering to what's maybe your greatest challenge in front of you right now well you know i i don't often look at things um, utilizing the word challenge. Okay. Um, I, I, I like to see things as opportunity. What's the biggest opportunity mm. that maybe is facing us today? Okay. Yeah. And, and I think the opportunity that's facing us today is engaging the body of Christ in mm. our community Okay. and making, um, um, my brothers and sisters more aware of, of, the work that God is doing in CASA and the potential for CASA to have um, more far-reaching impact in our community, in our culture, to help women and babies, women and children in these vulnerable circumstances, to to create an awareness that begins to stir enough interest within the body for volunteers, people to want to volunteer their time, and, um, and even more than their time, uh, maybe um, open up their homes and their hearts to to helping and serving women in these circumstances. And and I would encourage anyone thinking about how do I get involved in helping women and children in these circumstances. First and foremost, pray, pray about mm. it, uh, and 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 um, and ask God uh, what His will is. Yeah. For you yeah. and for me and for us, um, but that we can make a difference in mm-hmm. our community. And and we know God is faithful. Yes. And that he will. Right? That's right. Yep. So pray, <laughs> praying for God to uh to 
to make his will clear in our lives is a really dangerous thing to pray sometimes, Doug. It's a, <laughs> it's kind of scary because, you know, I, I, when I pray that way, I'm, I get, I'm mostly afraid of, of uh, uh, I'm mostly afraid of what God will, will ask me to do. Um, would God ask me? I, I'm not, I'm not at that place yet. We've still got four young kids at home, but um, you know, one day my wife and I will, will prayerfully be empty nesters, you know, and, 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 and have some space and some disposable income. And, uh, and, and would God called me at that time in my life to maybe open my home to a, to a young mom who's pregnant, not expecting it, uh, not knowing what to do to, 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 boy, that's a, that's a big call, Lord, are you sure? And, and yet that's exactly what we're asking believers to pray. God, how, how would you have me to how would you have me to, to leverage what you've provided me in terms of time, um, finances, the home that I have, the car that I have, everything that I have, God, is from your hand anyway. So so how do we as believers you know, just pray with open hands, God, all that I have is from you anyway, so give, take, mm-hmm. call me to do whatever it is that you want. And so one of the opportunities that you've been sharing with me and that you'll share with our members uh, as well at our mission engagement day here in a couple of weeks is this opportunity uh, uh, that you all are, are trying to trying to, to work out and flesh out and, and really get rolling through Casa de Mariposa called Shepherd Homes. Tell us a little bit about Shepherd Homes and the, the vision there and how you see uh, average everyday Christians using what God has given to them to, to, to leverage for the sake of the kingdom and, uh, and for the evangelism and discipleship of, of moms like this. So what the, what the Shepherd Homes will, will do, the benefits it will offer for a qualifying mother um, is that um, it will offer several, several benefits for the mother and the shepherd, um, as well as the community and the church body. When it's fully exercised, it will give a mother and baby the opportunity to experience the love of Christ Jesus yeah. through mature Christians. Mm. It gives the shepherds the opportunity to disciple and nurture a young believer and invite her into a church family. And together they get to learn how to love God and love each other in ways they may not have, that may not happen in any other circumstance. Mm -hmm. And then a mother and child receive hospitality of a stranger in a safe home environment that helps her develop responsibility and accountability to others. Mm -hmm. So she's encouraged to pursue her goals of education or employment, which contribute to achieving her independence. So CASA will continue to collaborate with the mother and the shepherd to facilitate the relationship and assist in making that a lasting transition towards uh, Mm self-sufficiency. And so the mother and the shepherds enter into an agreement where they both understand what the expectations are yeah. and their responsibilities yeah. are for that relationship. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's not like the wild west no. of, uh, yeah. <laughs> figure it out as you go. There, yeah. there are some, yeah. Yeah. there's a, a coming together there, yeah. establishment, yes. of ground rules, expectations, yeah. um, uh, boundaries even. And, yes. Yeah. And, and which are all healthy things. And, and then, all, and then what we perceive is that, that the, um, the relationship of a shepherd and a mom would begin to take place in the maternity home yeah, okay. there in Casa, where it, that's part of the vetting process, if you will, mm. that that the, the shepherd and the mom meet each other in, in that environment 
and begin to learn and interact with each other in a way that it becomes natural for a shepherd to, to then invite that mom to maybe come live with him after her baby's born. Yeah. And she's so far along in, in, in postpartum and, and learning how to care for that baby yeah. and, and needing a, a little bit more intimacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and help with that. Yeah. Now, Doug, I know that uh, as we kind of get to uh, just wrapping up uh, our time here, I, again, we could talk for several more hours. <laughs> uh, and, and you've been doing this for a number of years, so you could, you could carry that conversation a long time. But uh, let's say for those who are, who are listening to this podcast and, and are uh, particularly touched by the ministry that Casa de Mariposa is doing, uh, maybe feel as they've prayed, like you've encouraged them to, uh, to, to ask God to, to lead them, you know, in, in being obedient and using uh, their lives for, for His glory. Let's say that the Lord leads them to want to join or, or partner with you at Casa de Mariposa. I'm assuming there are a number of different ways that they can do that, um, but maybe uh, plug for us a, a couple of the most um, maybe immediate or available ways that uh, those who are listening can get in contact with you, can maybe even begin helping or serving at Casa de Mariposa. How can how can others who are listening come alongside you guys? So a person can go to our website and and find About Us in the About Us tab. I think it's a volunteer application can be filled out online. And or uh, they can call our 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 number is five zero five three five eight five three four one and uh, and express their interest in volunteering and we'll get them a a hard copy um, volunteer application excellent um, that they can fill out and and then we'll we'll uh, once they've done that we uh, run a background check through a third party on yeah. all of our volunteers yeah. Um, and then once they're cleared, uh, then we can begin to meet and, and talk about more uh, specifically how someone can be involved and engaged in, in working in, with uh, our current Fantastic. moms. And if somebody wants to give a, a financial gift, they can do that through your website also? Uh, yes. Wonderful. So um, you can go online and there's a donate, a couple of few places to hit a donate tab. Um, our donations are, are taken securely through CDM Plus okay. is, the, is the company application software. Great. Um, they can also write a check and mail it to our mailing address, which is also on our website. Let's say there's there's a, a young woman that happens to land on this podcast, or we have uh, one of our listeners suggests it to a young woman who's experiencing an unexpected pregnancy. Um, what would you say to her right now today? Well, how would you encourage that young mom who's sitting there thinking uh, about the choices that are before her? I would say, give us a call. Our number again is 505-358-5341. We uh, want to come alongside you and help you make the right and best choices for you and your baby. We have the resources uh, to help you uh, navigate through uh, whatever you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll we'll walk alongside you and, uh, and, and, um, and help you to, to get to a better place where, than where you might find yourself at right now. But give us a call. Let's start having that conversation. Yeah. And and then we'll meet and um, and and um, we'll see that you're someone that um, we can bring into our home and uh, and begin to, to nurture and help grow and and um, and 
become the person that God has mm -hmm. created and purposed yeah. and planned for you and your baby yeah. to be. Yeah, don't you don't have to be be alone. Feel like you're mm -hmm. alone and and uh, that no one cares because we there are people that care. We care about you and your baby and and we want the best for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, uh, as I was saying before, my wife and I have f four kids at home, 12 years old to four years old and, you know, a couple in between there. And um, and our, our youngest, our son, uh, is adopted. And uh, and he is just such a, a joy and uh, and a blessing to our family. And uh, my wife and I are, are so grateful to God that our son's biological mom chose to give him life. And... Um, Cause that's a, that's a, that's a, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to get misty talking about it, but, um, but, but in giving him the gift of life, she also gave us, uh, the gift of a son. And, uh, and we only had girls before that. So there, you know, I, we had three girls before that. There wasn't hope, there wasn't hope under heaven for me to produce a male heir, but no, uh, but, uh, but God, uh, provided, uh, a son for us because yeah. of his mom's decision. And she was, um, she was not expecting. She wasn't planning to get pregnant, and she made the decision to um, to keep him, to have him, yeah. uh, and then made the the hard decision, really hard decision, um, to give him to us. Uh, and we are um, and just so grateful for all of the hard decisions that she made, but good decisions, right decisions. Yeah. Um, and uh, and anyway, so you know, so if there's if there's a mom out there experiencing. Uh, an unplanned pregnancy right now, my, my word of encouragement would, would be um, call Casa de Mariposa, call uh, any other pregnancy resource center. CareNet too can, mm -hmm. can help you get connected to, to folks, but reach out, uh, see what help is available because every child is a beautiful gift of God made it in his image to know and love and worship him. And, um, and, and, uh, and we want, uh, we want to encourage that we, as, as believers, uh, followers of Jesus who have known the new birth, uh, yes. that comes with knowing Christ as Lord and savior. We also value the first birth yes. uh, into this world yeah. and, um, and love the blessing that children are. So, um, so young pregnant moms in crisis call Casa de Mariposa, um, um, get the resources, the help, the encouragement that you need um, to do this. You can, with God's help, uh, do this, and with the help of other believers coming alongside you uh, to give your child life. And uh, and I would, as, as compassionately as I can, plead with you, make that decision, uh, give your child life. Doug, I am uh, so grateful that the Lord got a hold of your heart so many years ago, and uh, and uh, and through a time of seeking His will, you and your wife both, and and placed this vision for Casa de Mariposa on you, uh, on your heart, and uh, and that He's He's allowed you to bring it to fruition. I'm so grateful that our city in Albuquerque has uh, has this ministry for uh, for for moms and uh, uh, brother. Just thank you for what you're doing. We pray that God would continue to bless the work of Casa de Mariposa, um, uh, that He would bless you with. Uh, with moms who, uh, who who want to bring their children into the world and, and uh, get get some gospel help along the yeah. way, and uh, and we pray that the Lord would uh, would just continue to have His hand on you as you move forward. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Thank you for having me yeah. this afternoon. You have your own story that that you can share about God's gift of life, and all glory be to God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Good Thank to spend some time with you. Thank you. All right. God bless you. 
This has been an episode of Mission Chats with First Baptist Church of West Albuquerque. For more information on our church, you can visit us at www.fbcwa.org.